Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Paul Damien. This oh, oh, wow. We fucked each other up. It's okay. Well, this is Kenny. This is Ian. And today and, we're... Yeah, today we're talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, we actually read two different comics. Yes. Um, we read uh, Life Story, Spider-Man Life Story, and then we also read Peter Parker's A Spectacular Spider-Man, issue number 310. Fuck, And yeah. they're both by Chip Zdarsky, right? Yes. Yes. And the art in the single issue of 310 of Peter Parker is done by Chip Zdarsky. And then the art by, uh, or the art in Life Story is by Mark Bagley, mm. who, um, just a little bit of uh, some trivia for you guys. Mark Bagley also drew a significant amount of the original Clone Saga. Oh, okay. Oh, really? So he's, he's been in the game for a long time, yeah. Got you. Well, you know, a long time compared to our age, not no, so yeah. much most people. You this know, this is like a tenured artist yes. coming out to do something with I Chip Zdarsky. Like Chip Zdarsky's art. Yeah, More. you like Chip Zdarsky's art. I think yeah, me I and Ian need good. to admit that this podcast is kind of dedicated to Chip Zdarsky <laughs> in a way, and that we're pretty much doing it just so we can review his work yeah. slowly over a few, you know a few weeks. But um, I could agree with that. I really love Chip Zdarsky's art and the way that he draws emotion. On yes, people, on faces, know? yeah, and so that's why I think it's such a powerful way. Like, why Sex Criminals is such a good read, and why, like, pretty much everything we've picked up from him over the last, you know, mm-hmm. thing, twelve weeks we're getting on. Oh, um, has it been that long? That we've been doing we're going this? for a while now. Oh and man, that's probably a jump. But um, either way, uh, why we like keep coming back to him is because he's honestly fantastic at storytelling and <laughs> visually putting, you know, you know, giving it to us too. Yeah. So. Let's see, what episode number is this? This is episode number 33. Damn. This is episode number two for me. (laughs) Of comics. Yeah, of comics. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, like episode number five, actually? Of comics? No, in total. Oh, in total? Because you did... Let's try to break it down. Because we're doing 33. Nobody, Rango, Inside Lewin Davis. Yes. So six. Because you did your second comic. Superman. And, oh, seven, because oh. Ronan Islands. So this is the oh, Ronan Island. Yeah, yeah. Ronan Island. So yeah, See, this look is at that the, boy. This is the third comic book episode, but the second time you've read a comic book yeah. for yes, the episode. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess that's that's more accurate. We'll yeah. say you're a tenured watcher at this point. Then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Life Story is six issues. It was a mini series um, that you bought for me my, for my birthday. I guess what? Two I think with Christmas. Or Krimis. I think it was Krimis time. One of those celebratory things where we love each other. Yeah, Yeah. but it it was a couple years ago. And then, yeah, I mean, this this single issue of Peter Parker, I just, I love. So Mm -hmm. I lumped it in. It probably came out a year beforehand. Honestly, I read that one first, even though you told us to read it last. (laughs) Mm Because I didn't remember that. Just a little bit closer. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I read this one, the single issue first. um, And I... I feel like if I didn't read it first, I wouldn't have gotten so into the life story. Hey, that's oh. cool. Um, it like really dragged me in because of all the emotion in the right. mm-hmm. story. It's just one, like you were saying earlier, it's just a one shot. So it's a really good story. Yeah. So let's actually talk about 310 first. You want to talk about- In that way, because that's actually such a good point is that this is something that like, you're like, do you want to like- feel what it's like to be around spider-man feel what it's like to be mm. spider-man fucking read this 20 pages because it's all it's 20 pages yeah. to read yeah. um and you're right i mean it's such a good way to get emotionally prepared to read spider-man exactly. <laughs> that's, that's so true it really drew me in so like you know it's really simplistic the way that the comic is written mm-hmm. but like it's that's all you need mm-hmm. you know to tell a story yeah and so i just it, it, I really enjoyed it, and it made me excited to read Life Story afterwards. Yeah, 
And um, it's it's framed in a way of someone who's doing like a documentary. Mm-hmm. And we see at the end how it's working out and, mm-hmm. and how Spider-Man even knows about the documentary. <laughs> but I love the way Chip draws Pete mm-hmm. because he's doing like John Romita Sr. Like he's so from, handsome. From like the, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, for sure. And so it just, it's, it's so good. Um, I love that we got the little homage to like the old school Peter Parker outfit with like the black vest mm-hmm. and the, the red tie in the scene <laughs> where we get to explain how, why this guy chose to do a documentary yeah. about Spider-Man and how he got literally trashed <laughs> on his way to his date uh, in a, as a 15 year old. So this book shows how much Chip Zdarsky like knows people, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like he had to have obviously come from like, you know, like the real world because it's like he just so good at like thinking about how the average person would look at Spider-Man actually. And this is it. You know, I mean, this is so real and the differentiating rating opinions you would get right. just standing on a corner and be like, what do you think about Spider-Man? Yeah. What do you think about Spider-Man? You know, There's- they would be this wildly opposite from each other at times where it's like, Spider-Man's bad. I love yeah. that that's just a whole interview. <laughs> <Yep>. Just no. <laughs> I want to see if I can find it. It's somewhere in here. But yeah, it's, yeah, Spider-Man is bad and it's just like this fucking mean like nerd (laughs) like you can tell that something just happened where spider-man like stole his girlfriend (laughs) like not even stole his girlfriend just that girl was like i think spider-man's cute and then they broke up over it yeah or he's like spider-man's bad (laughs) or it was the 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 phony Spider-Man in Times Square that's just oh, walking yeah. around doing like break dancing with like a flipping a sign that says like go to T-Mobile or some shit. You know what I mean? It's not even the actual Spider-Man who did him dirty. And he's like, oh, dude, look at Spider-Man wasting away, just spinning a sign. He could be saving people. Spider-Man yeah. bad. Spider-Man bad. But I had even read this issue before because you had yeah. put insisted on me reading it once before. And so I kind of already knew it was going to happen. And I knew like the running story we get throughout mm-hmm. it and the big twist of it at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I kind of cried. This okay. read. Oh, I, I got very cried. emotional. Yeah. So <laughs> reading I, this, this time around, I, I saved this one for last. And so it had been a while since I read it mm-hmm. and I just finished reading life story. So I went over to Ashley and I was like, can I just read you this last issue that I have to read because we were about to go to Taco Bell or something. And she was like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, can we just read this issue real quick? And it took me like 30 minutes because I was crying so much <laughs> reading it out loud to her. <laughs> Dude, Captain America's interview yeah, too. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I can't imagine me trying to read that out loud. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I think because I was reading it out loud, I was crying hard. You're getting more into yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> It was so good. It's like that one. I, I'm not even that into Futurama, but there's the whole episode where he's considering oh, bringing dude. his dog back to life. That's like yes, one of the big ones. That's and the I was just one. describing that episode to someone who didn't know anything about it and he got super emotional like that and really into it. <laughs> where I was like, and then he decides not to bring the dog. Like, I was like, I'm having a hard time speaking. <laughs> dude, that's so good. I. I think about that episode so much. Right. I love Futurama. And so I think <laughs> about that episode a lot because I saw it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then I, and it made me cry when I was little. And then, like, I saw it multiple times as I grew older. And mm-hmm. every fucking time it makes me cry. That's why you're getting in conflicts over dogs with people. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway, we're talking Spider-Man. about Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, yeah, the emotional storytelling I can definitely feel for this story exactly. Because it's just a, an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And, um, the thing is, is exactly, even the guy that's like, Spider-Man's bad. You can kind of see 
where everybody's coming from. You can yeah. understand why some of these people would have these negative opinions, except for maybe the racist lady who's just like, I don't want to live in a world that has stuff like this. It's like, <laughs> what has he ever done to you, lady? You know, but beyond that, it's just like these crazy differentiating opinions. But then like this one person who like really knows because of those moments that Peter really chose to be like beyond Spider-Man, you know? Are you talking about Kevin's mom? Is it Kevin yes, or Kyle? Kevin, Kyle's Kyle. mom. Yeah. yeah. And so we have Kyle's mom. We should all be drinking Mountain Dews in honor of Kyle. Yeah, we really should. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, Paul Damien's the odd man out. <laughs> That's a pretty Kyle thing to drink too. Drinking Coke. Well, um, yeah, no, I mean it's a great issue. I think this is a good look at comic book Spider-Man mm-hmm. more than anything, and it breaks my heart all the time because there isn't a good representation of this kind of Peter Parker. In live action. Mm-hmm. I would think, honestly, this Peter Parker is not unlike the exact same Peter Parker that grows up to be Jake Johnson's Peter Parker in Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why I think I like that movie so much is because both of the Peter Parkers in that un- or in that movie, well, I'm, I honestly, guess I'm discounting like noir because yeah, that's technically yeah. also Peter Parker. But no, I mean, we understand the two primary Peters. Right. Yeah. They're extremely comic book and their closest thing we've ever gotten to this exactly yeah, for, and yeah. but the problem is we didn't get that you know we yeah. got the aftermath of yeah. what life would do to this poor guy you know yeah. you know there's kind of you know different kind of like sh- shades of that peter parker peter b parker mm-hmm. in life story where we see him constantly kind of in flux with mary jane yeah um, do you guys want to dive into that? So yeah, no, I'm totally down. Um, I actually, I thoroughly enjoyed that comic too. Yeah. Isn't um, it great? I I I didn't like it as much as the single issue, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's just because of what the single issue was. Mm-hmm. Right, you know? it's just such a pure story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the life story was actually it was really good. I enjoyed just like thinking about like the little aspects of like the past and like how Spider-Man would have fit in to that culture and everything like that. So I thought it was cool. It was a nice way to look at it. No, yeah. It's, it's a very neat idea. Mm -hmm. When Chip originally approached, um, editorial about doing this comic book, he wanted to do all of the Marvel universe aging 10 years per issue. Mm. And it was almost like editorial being like, well, why don't, why don't, why don't we try to, Focally look at one character at a time. (laughs) You can do a couple, but one needs to be the primary point. Yeah. And I mean, of course, I mean, Chip loves Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. But Peter Parker is also our perfect window into the Marvel Universe, I feel like. I want to go on this brief little ramble about Peter Parker because as a fan looking at the Marvel Universe, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, is like, the main thing you want to look for but out of the universe peter parker is a speck out of all the marvel heroes because there's so many that have unbelievable unfathomable power that have probably saved the world in much bigger grander ways than peter parker ever could have i mean he's honestly just one of many spiders if you think about it he's not even like such a uniqueness in his power set exactly and so it's it's funny the way that Peter, I mean, Spider-Man is like the most popular superhero from Marvel, I would mm. argue. Yeah. He's the most like relatable. Mm-hmm. For that sure. Also that. And I think it's it's very cool that 
we love Spider-Man so much because he is the underdog in his own universe. For a long time, he was the loner, and that was the whole reason he wasn't on the Avengers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, why isn't Spider-Man on the Avengers? He's a great-looking character. He sells well, and as well because Spider-Man hangs out in New York. The Avengers are, you know, in space fighting the Kree or some mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's just like, have you picked up a Spider-Man comic? He's like a high schooler swinging around beating up muggers. He's not fighting freaking Thanos. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I don't know. It's just, it's cool to to look at Spider-Man because he doesn't really exist without the Marvel universe. And, And that's what is kind of frustrating also about the Sam Raimi movies because, or I mean, any of the movies pre MCU Spider-Man because, it would. It doesn't make sense for a guy to dress up as a spider, spider like this, like a luchador almost, <laughs> without having any kind of influence from like you know Captain America or the Fantastic Four or something like That's that. True. You know what yeah. I mean? For him to just figure it out and do this on his own time would be kind of impractical or unrealistic. Yeah. Exactly. And so, as those movies are trying so desperately to be realistic, they also fall short because mm-hmm. it's not interconnected. Yeah. That's that's my ramble. No, End that, of ramble. That's <laughs> Okay. And I, it's you're so right that like Spider-Man, it, it's like I'm trying to think of a DC character you can compare it to, and I'm like for I'm like it's like the closest thing I can think of would be like Robin or like Cyborg or something. No, for sure. And it's like if they somehow managed to like be as relevant as Superman to this day, you know, it's like Superman obviously is going to be the most relevant mm-hmm. thing in Marvel or DC because he's the big thing. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of a reverse situation. Marvel Spider-Man isn't our biggest, you know, toughest a guy to face. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yet he still managed to be probably the most relevant and know, relatable and, and relatable and, and important yeah the relatability that, is what i think has, goes a long way you know what i mean and especially with comic book peter you yeah. know and that's where the mcu falls short is not having those things that you people can grasp onto because it's like holy shit these are my struggles you know yeah so you know and and now that you actually mention it ian um i'm like thinking about it, it it's crazy that the mcu doesn't do more with spider-man I agree. Because he in the comics, he literally is everywhere. Like he, yeah. he he helps out in like across all sorts of comics in all different ways mm-hmm. more than any other character. And we see that a lot in life. He's story. probably been yes, on exactly. He's probably one of the few characters that's been on like every single team, it seems like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's even been in X Men, which doesn't yeah. really make sense. You know? like, but he's been in Fantastic Four, he's been in, on just about every avenging team you could think of. The you know? Uncanny, yeah. he's been on yeah, no, I mean for sure Secret. Was he a Secret Avenger? I, I don't believe. think I think Flash was a secret Avenger. He was the Venom on that team. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Regardless, there was mm. a spider. Like Flash, f- that's DC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got Flash a Thompson. Too. Yeah. The the fascist man alive. The fascist <laughs> man alive. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, let's dive into life story a little bit deeper. Yeah. I feel like I want to say this right at the top. I feel like the further back we go with Spider-Man the more sense it makes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because, like, as we age with him, it gets grander and grander in a way that you're like, fuck, I guess Spider-Man has done these things before, but it looks ridiculous now that he's an old man. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. No, I I agree. And they kind of, you feel like partway through, they kind of had to give him an excuse on why he'd still be able to physically be able to keep doing the things he's doing, you know? Um, How did y'all feel... um about uh, Spider-Man's struggle with going to Vietnam or not. I think that that's one of the most important parts of this book. And, Me too. and especially yeah. the first issue 
completely, you know, circles around that decision. What it's mm-hmm. like, and you know, it's like kind of deer hunter vibes. Yeah, you go back to that a little <laughs> bit, and like what it's like to go off to the Vietnam War, or, like the repercussions of it, or like Watchmen, even mm-hmm. as something you could we can compare it to, because that is what delves into like the ideology of yeah, uh, you know, superhero involvement. And I love that it's always the Vietnam War. Yeah. I feel like that starts with more <laughs> like. World War II, it's always like, what if we had just created one guy that's really strong? But by Vietnam, it's like, what if it was just all out <laughs> superheroes on both sides? How long would the Vietnam War would have gone on for? And that I seems think like it's, it's because of the controversy around the Vietnam no, War. No, for sure. Absolutely. And like with the controversy our country was going through, mm, yeah. where we were so consolidated in World War II, it was like, send our boys, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> let's go fight, you know. It's, know. it's easy to critically look at. The Vietnam War. Well, and, yeah, it was mm-hmm. stupid. And a lot of comic books, both on both sides of the big two, were birthed heavily out of the 60s. Mm-hmm. So it's like, fuck, it, it revolves around itself, you know? But it makes a lot of sense that, like, the Civil War kind of ideas of Captain America and Tony Stark ending on opposite sides of things would come from the conflicts of the Vietnam yeah. War and Captain America going there for one thing and then literally ending up Did there I, for a whole nother thing, you know? Did I say Civil War? Or did I say Vietnam War? You said Vietnam War. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm just saying, but it would make sense, like, because that's what they basically do is retcons yeah. Marvel's Civil War into that events creating that situation mm-hmm. for them. And that makes a lot of sense that, you know, Cap would have gone there and been like, this is not right. And I need to defend <laughs> all the people. And yeah. Tony Stark would have been like, no, you need to not get involved, you know, and that would have been them butting heads. And I like the way they kind of chip chose to do some of those stories within this story you know exactly it takes a little bit of like knowledge mm-hmm. in kind of like secret wars and things like that because we even get to see secret wars in yeah, this, mm-hmm. which i thought was really fun but it and i thought it was done tastefully enough that where you don't totally need to know you just need to accept the reality of oh i guess everybody got sucked into this situation yeah. <laughs> halfway across the universe you know it does really make me want to read uh, all the other comics i would have came in between these right yeah. yeah yeah do you feel like the structure of this book where it was 30-page single issues, six of them, one for each decade. Do you wish there was kind of, like, more to kind of delve into? Like, what Mm. if they had done two issues per decade? Or, you know, do you feel like it was easily tied up in these issues? Or do you feel like there should have been more? Do you Uh, want more? I, I, I wanted more, but I don't think... I think two issues per decade would have been a bit much. I feel like they would have been trying to... Um, put filler in there mm. at some point because of that. My thing is, is that I think they could have done two issues per decade and still only done six issues and we only got 30 years and mm. that could have been better mm. because I mean, I get that the whole point is that by the end of it, it's like old man Spider-Man and that's where the emotions kind of are at. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I it's exactly, it's kind of hard to believe he'd even be physically capable to be doing the things he's doing, even if he was... 1819 in that first issue when he's considering being drafted mm-hmm. uh, he's gonna be like what 70 years old trying to flip around in space and fight in freaking symbiote skull or skeleton craven <laughs> whatever you want to call that thing that was dope cool. by the way i know yeah, i love that, that idea that to jump awesome. into it but i like the idea that the symbiote just kept the, his like <clears throat> mentality you know and was just running around with his bones <laughs> that's badass <laughs> it is very badass it's Do almost like sergey was like totally absorbed into yeah like it fed on his body to stay alive do y'all think sergey was even remotely alive until the symbiote disappeared i think his consciousness was Was still alive i think it was it was almost like it was symbiotic i think they were just both there together um i i want to point this out i feel like arguably spider-man's three biggest villains are 
Doc Ock, mm-hmm. Green Goblin, and Venom. Mm-hmm. And in throughout these six issues, they kind of each get two or so issues where they are like a focal point ish. You know what I mean? And so I I, th- I really respected that that it always kind of revolved around those three. We didn't get the Rhino. Really. Yeah, we didn't, didn't get right. Electro. Didn't try to put everybody in there. <laughs> exactly. It was he focused on these? And I like the Doc Ock flip-flops you know what i mean we got yes. bad doc ock then good doc ock then bad doc ock and, <laughs> and then kind of good doc ock in the end <laughs> it's kind of funny that y'all say this as well because in the last issue mm-hmm. they do have a lot more spider-man bad guys but mm-hmm. they're in spidey's mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so true that's another thing that i was curious about was it's six issues mm-hmm. six has a lot to do with spider-man because mm-hmm. you know the sinister six um, would it have been better if they had tried to do like, or if Chip had tried to do like one of them per issue? Like one of the Sinister Sticks per issue? Yeah. Sticks. One, one of, of the Sinister, sinister sticks. sticks. It would have made sense <laughs> to be like every decade, this is that new superpower villain that's come out that he has to deal with and, you know, and make it more like, uh, of every decade's a different event. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I, once I think you're right that it was kind of nice to have those characters that kind of grew through the issues, those, those enemies. Cause I would argue that in this, Tony Stark is also one of our greatest oh, antagonists through it. And I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting that they're basically the same age. I guess we're supposed to see that, yeah, Peter Parker and Tony Stark are essentially the same age. And that's such an interesting idea to me because this dwells in exactly what would happen. Just like, uh, the Fantastic Four, they would have like kind of competing companies, you yeah. know what I mean, against each other. Mm. And I liked Parker Industries because I always, I mean, that's literally kind of going into Superior Spider Man mm-hmm. and the ideology of him like getting his own big company and starting yeah. all that shit, which we also got a little bit of that, which was neat in here. But um, I like the idea of Peter not being so much younger than the rest of the that avenging team and actually being yeah. like at Tony Stark's level because I really feel like if that was the case, they would have been. Yeah. more at each other's you know against each other than with each other kind of in this way you know huh. because tony stark is such like a industrialist and yeah. here is such a do-good you know what i mean exactly he'd want to do everything in his power to help everybody all the time and it's like why he butts heads with reed richards this entire fucking comic you know what i mean is because yeah. reed i mean you had brought it up before we ever read in any of the, or read it again and i thought it was so funny like the whole argument about the uh, and Indes- penet- the indestructible it, yes. clothing and the yeah. fact that it would ruin unstable molecules yeah it would ruin the fashion essentially yeah. you know forever it would ruin the entire uh textile or when yeah, 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 yeah sorry, textile industry. In the industry and it's like uh that's so true but you know it's like at the same time like, but you're 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 acting like you're something greater than everybody <laughs> else yeah for sure <laughs> yeah like you're acting like you're not just also with in it with all of them you know so it's crazy to think of the morality of those kinds of things what do y'all think I do you, think do you agree with Reed in the in that moral argument? I cuz it's like anything, it's like the steam engine, you know. I think if Reed wanted to, he could have like did a soft rollout. But at the same time it's such a huge monumentous thing. I heard I I've read arguments about this and people argue that what if, you know, there's a country that is is superpowered and they have a lot of money and they're able to you know wear these unstable molecules what happens to the other country are they just now invaded what if you know you know what i mean yeah like, exactly how much there's more repercussions than just like 
you know, because everybody Gucci. it's not going to be available to everyone. Right. Obviously, there's going to be someone who's not going to, and then it's going to be able to be used against them, you know, in one way or another. But it's like same thing. Say they invented a pill that's an entire week's worth of mil- of meals or something that you take once a week and you don't have to eat again the entire week. Do we, in, you know, use that or because it would destroy an entire economy of food, you know? But yeah. it's so arguable. These things are so strangely arguable, you know. But. <laughs> It's like if we're gonna advance in those ways, we gotta just roll this shit out at some point, you know. I think it's because like we're, we're acting like these things actually exist. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because the the unstable molecules are such a huge jump forward, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where like technology is slowly and yeah. gradually. If he wants the world to get there on their own time versus just like having it given to them, yeah. You know? I mean, what do you think, Paul Damien? Same, same. Yeah. Who's, on which side are you on? Y'all basically said everything. Which side are you on? You know? Well, I mean, the thing I is, don't, is, for me, I, I think I would be like, roll that shit out. Fuck it. <laughs> Let I, the repercussions happen. <laughs> yeah, it would be tough. But, um, I, I mean, you would think that somebody like Reed Richards would be smart enough to find ways around these repercussions. You know, to, I guess, sustain everything. I mean, yeah. another industry but would evolve. I would, exactly. Yeah. I would probably give it to poor people who really need it. Like also that, like that. You, yeah. if they're so like, rich, they can just give it to all the countries that can't afford it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make I it mean, himself. <laughs> I mean, Reed Richards doesn't really care too much about money. No. So, I yeah. mean, he wouldn't even be worried about selling this stuff. He would just be giving it away. Honestly, you know I mean? if all of these fucking super-powered rich billionaires lived in the actually lived in the world, I'd be pissed if I was poor somewhere. <laughs> I'd be like, how how am I living this life while someone gets to do that? You know what I mean? Like, we're already in that kind of situation. But imagine if they were that and they were Tony Stark <laughs> and they were, like, flying to, like, other multiverses and shit already, you know? Did y'all As see the whole argument about, like, because obviously... Richard Branson? Well, like, Elon Musk and all of them are, like, racing to space and that... To um, get away from Earth because... We all ruined her. Yeah, but, but <laughs> they're then, just trying to escape. But then I read a whole thing talking about like how horrible life in space is, and how it takes thousands of people on Earth constantly troubleshooting for them just so they can survive. You know what oh, I mean? And how wow. basically they may all be racing to space, but they're not going to have anything worth living once they get up there. And there's no way in their lives or our lives there's ever going to be a sustainable way to live on so Mars. What or is like what? Yeah, what is their end game to the race of space? Because Richard Branson already won, oh, technically. did he? Yeah, he, he flew up in space like three days ago at the time of recording this. <laughs> He's ar- he already did it. So, I mean, what is the... What is the, I did the end game? Just to be in space, the first person to pri- fr- fly privately in space and then come back to Earth? Because yep. that's all he did. Exactly. It's That's like the whenever we were doing the moon like race, Russians got into space first, but they didn't land on the moon first. Yeah. We got there I mean? first, baby. Woo! <laughs> well, Thanks yeah. to Kubrick. <laughs> America was like, well, you went to space. We're on the moon. Like we're far, we're farther away. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say fart. Yeah, farther, um, we're farther away. Um, Spider-Man life story. <laughs> we're a million miles away. It's fine. <laughs> Basically, I'm fine with getting away from it too. But at the same time, like we got to reel it back. Sometimes. Well, let's yeah. go back. Let's go to the 70s. Let's take a small break, and when we come back, we'll we'll finish talking about Spider-Man. Spider-Man's. Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. We're still talking Spider-Man. The life story. The life story. Whole thing. Chip Darsky. Chip Darsky. (laughs) 
that guy. <laughs> um, he, th- this is a good book. Um, we we get a, an issue of every decade, obviously, mm-hmm. and it seeped in continuity that was happening in those decades. And so in the seventies, we get a lot of like Harry becoming the Green Goblin, the Black and, Goblin, which is, yeah, in this book, yeah, his sick suit, yeah, no, it looked dope. Yeah. Um, but we also get like the first appearance of the clones. Oh yeah, which is kind yeah. of a big thing. Uh, also, the big running thing through the story. Yeah, yeah, I kind of went and, yeah, I forgot about <clears throat> that. Completely fucking threw me off, dude. The <laughs> way that they kill off Gwen Stacy in this book fucked me up right (laughs) oh my god you know what's the biggest bummer about it though is that the gwen clone we never see again yeah but we obviously see ben again i don't know i i thought i was like oh cool she's gonna go off and be uh spider gwen (laughs) and nope nope she could be and it just didn't get written you know that's why she's not in it is because she's too busy defending (laughs) wherever they move to as spider gwen too busy ignoring peter parker and the death of the other Peter Parker. Absolutely. Yeah, she's like, I'm busy. That's the guy that's kind of true, huh? The, like, who she leaves as her love life comes back and dies in the comic and we never see her and yeah. there's repercussions again. <laughs> Come on, Chip. No, uh, but, uh, I mean, this issue, the 70s issue, also ends a lot of the same way. Is it the 70s that we get the clones? Yes. It is. It's, uh, yeah, the 1970s is all about the clones. And, yeah, we find out that it's, yeah. Attack of the clones. Uh, and I liked that the <laughs> suit is kind of very, it, it's what I feel like they almost pulled the one from the video game from. Kind of, In some yeah. ways because of the silver oh. armor and things like that. When I was rereading it, I was like, God, it looks all, kind of a lot like the, the PS4 yeah. Spider-Man's armor, which I thought was neat. And I love that, like, in his, like, slightly later years, he's like, I need some, I need some armor. Yeah. And yeah. He's like, I just need some, I need some plates. Some plates. Very Daredevil-esque. <laughs> Especially 90s Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, it's it's very cool, the, the clone thing, because we get the clones and we get the death of Gwen Stacy all in one fell swoop. And Harry has the Green Goblin. Yeah, all in one issue. Yeah, <laughs> and so it, it's kind of my, like, defending point for, like, Batman v Superman, where they just kind of combine a couple of stories that I don't care too much about and just get it out of the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> a story that doesn't need itself to be dredged out for five six issues and can be brought in with a bunch of others i yeah. agree especially like the death of gwen stacy you know what i mean like yeah. it fits so perfectly into this and is horribly tragic and it's kind of like not so marvel as much as like kind of like a, a something you see on tv and like a heavy drama or something yeah. you know where it's like oh i wanted i'm the creepy doctor who wanted the girl all to myself you know <laughs> uh, speaking of the clones by the way yeah i i really didn't think that peter parker had it in him to lie to the his clone and tell him like hey you're oh, the yeah. real peter parker oh, yeah later that, in the what was weird. it the 90s it was the 90s it had to have been the 90s issue we find out yeah because that's the whole clone thing yeah where uh doc Ock comes back yeah he fucking just full-on lies to ben and allows him to believe he's peter parker until his death mm-hmm. yeah. but it's for i mean it's for kind of good reason in a way which is that at that point he's exhausted he's tired of being spider-man and he's like screw it boy you're probably been itching for it all yeah. this time which we do get to see i thought it was so cool he has the blue hoodie on so we yeah. bought the mask it's like there's the whole costume coming <laughs> yeah. together right there. Um, but I mean, it, it, it just, it, it, it's like a good way to do it, in my opinion, which is just one of them has lived that life for so long. They're tired of it where the other one has essentially been waiting for it mm-hmm. all this time, you know? So it's like his chance to finally get to go and do it, you know? It, it works. You and know? you got to believe like deep down that he still knew that he wasn't the real Peter Parker. 
Yeah, oh, Ben? No. Yeah. I believe so, oh. probably. I thought it was... Well, and see, but that's just it. it when you, you have all could, the memories and everything, yeah. it's how do you... You don't know. That's just it. Even when you think you do or know, yeah. you never... You There's no way to too, truly know. That's, that's true. At, at, mm-hmm. While he's Ben, he's probably forcing himself to think, like, I'm Ben, not Pete. I can't stop. You know, yeah. I, I need to stop doing this, you know? But, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of... Um, oh, gosh. I can't think of the dang comic now. Um, they made it into a TV show. It was on Amazon. Uh, a series. Sorry. Boys? Animated series. Invincible. 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 <laughs> it reminds me of the clones in Invincible. Oh, yeah. The Mulder twins. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they yeah. always argue like, I'm the original. <laughs> no, I'm the original. And honestly, it could be that at this point, neither of them is the original. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's, that's kind that's of the joke we're even supposed to understand. At yeah. this point, neither of them is truly the original, yeah. and it's more of an argument of yeah, who came first, the chicken or the egg, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. And I really loved Reed Richards in this, honestly. I loved mm. his presence in it. I liked seeing him age because by the time we see him in Secret Wars, he looks fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> he has like an old man, Reed Richards. Um, so I really thought Chip picked all kind of like a lot of really good things to pull into this and we you know and like flush out a lot of exactly like we didn't need electro we didn't need rhino you know what i mean we probably could use a little more craven the hunter between the two times we see him in this comic to have a more strength in the finale but even like i think i would have liked it if craven was like the first villain we see so then when he comes back in the midpoint and the venom takes him so when it's a finale it's it's like that one thing that really connects the in in like three parts you know what i mean um but beyond that i still think all of the villains in this are pretty well done and done honorably to who they are you know what i mean especially like green goblin who would after being in prison be like this evil kind of behind (laughs) the shadows like pulling the strings kind of guy and especially through harry you know i love the reveal when he finds out that harry's been killed through his own bullshit you know fucking planning Mm -hmm. it's just like this tragic moment for him but it's like is it really that tragic for him like is (laughs) Is he still playing two sides is it all just you know him being yeah just pretending what we're supposed to see yeah Yeah, the um the character arcs for the villains was actually really good i really enjoyed them um is there any other spider-man comic where otto marries aunt may no so otto dates aunt may for sure oh he doesn't marry her Mm -hmm. okay they don't marry um, and I think it's only for like three issues on top of is that. Is it Dar- Chip Zdarsky Spider-Man that that happens in? No, no. Is it's like the, the 70s. Oh, it's okay. like this was early. Like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It was like a guess who May's dating, you mm-hmm. know, and is it like him without his arms? Being just like, oh, no, he's, he's definitely with his arms. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's in life story. Is that the only other one though? Is that you're talking about? No, because like, I mean, saying... they, they reference it a lot throughout the rest of the history mm-hmm. because a lot of comic book writers think it's fucking funny that yeah. oh, they okay. once dated. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but this happened in the literal 70s for us. Yeah. But I think it's really cool that Chip plays it as a real emotional tone mm-hmm. in this book because it it should be at this point. You know what I mean? It's not so much a joke of like who's dating May now or who's May dating yeah. now, but it's, I don't know. I think it's played for really well in this book. Speaking of Aunt May, you know, we get to see her basically in her worst form. I feel like oh, hey, we've ever seen her in a Spider-Man. In the 80s. Let's talk yeah. about the 80s yeah. issues more. Let's get She's to like the 80s. senile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fucking Mary Jane is pregnant with twins in the 80s, taking care of Aunt May. Who's fucking crazy. <laughs> who's literally going through dementia. And Pete, has been sucked away to secret wars and like opening up that issue you're like fuck this fucking sucks (laughs) and so by the end of the issue it's all well read why mj leaves yeah 
and you I, get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we also get to see the creation of the symbiote in this oh right yes, issue. yes what did yes. y'all think about that what did you think uh, essentially a machine created that's how it is in sequel wars is it yeah well the idea is that the symbiote was hiding in the machine oh and so when he gets into the machine to have his suit rebuilt is just the symbiote takes advantage of that moment yeah and gets onto him got you um, cause I mean, it's, it's a lot like that in the actual book. That's how Secret Wars <laughs> is so it's goofy. Yeah, it's kind of goofy in a way. Um, but I mean, I thought it was done pretty well here though, yeah, where no, it's like sure. Thor, like busting his nuts about, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. look at your costume, bro. You look silly. And he's like, I, we can't all be you. <laughs> God damn it. Um, no, I mean it, Secret Wars is fun because we get to see Reed and Pete reconnect. Um, but I really like what we see of the heroes who didn't get picked by the Beyonder and how they're having to defend the Cold War during that time. Yes. I thought that that was so Which fucking Which wasn't dope. so cold is what in this <laughs> yeah. world because of all the hero involvement is what mm-hmm. we're kind of meant to understand, yeah. It's it's like uh, Russia decided now that all the American superheroes are gone, bomb now them. is the only time for us to, to bomb. And so they did. I love... Yeah, that panel where Vision... Do they ever, like... Um, they never come back to this. Go huh? back to that, right? No. To Vision? But it's such a nice, perfect little Elseworld kind of like, what if that chip kind of just slid into yeah. this book because it's it's truly haunting. And yeah. it, What if Pain- Pennsylvania literally got nuked and Vision felt horribly responsible at the epicenter of it all? Mm-hmm. Would he just stand there like a frozen robot? <laughs> I feel like that's what it exactly would happen to Tangible. a system. You know what I mean? It would just shut down like f- critical failure. You know what I mean? And so I, I want to go back to he's basically like a, first. I was going to say he's like a MacBook with the thing spinning out. He's just trying to figure it out and he's just not getting there. Yeah. <laughs> and so I want to go back to the Snyderverse for just a second. There's that scene where Lex Luthor plants a bomb, I guess, in Holly Hunter's like chair in the chamber whenever oh, they're oh yeah and it explodes and Sp- uh, superman's spider-man superman's right in the dead center of it and he just looks dang he just looks d- disappointed yeah i wanted to see superman just like fall down to his knees and just start weeping you know yeah. i don't not i don't <laughs> care for the scream but yeah. <laughs> like just like true like sorrow yeah. that would have been so fucking sick and of course no it's just played for dope god moments what if you just been god moments <laughs> what, yeah. what if you just snapped just been like <laughs> Just, we, he was just like, dang, nabbit. Yeah, he just like slapped his knee. He's like, dang. He would have done like a ice snap and all the flames would have turned into ice. <laughs> no, He'd but actually I'm... cause more harm. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked around and he's like, <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Shrugs it off. But I mean, this the, the, the that vision part is one of my favorite parts in this book. Mm, definitely. And it's not even about it. <laughs> it's not even about the jewelry. But I really like, see, once again, this because at this point, we've, we're getting what Peter basically in his like, late 30s is what mm-hmm. we're supposed to understand. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of what that Peter Parker would do knowing he's like abusing the symbiote and the fact that exactly he would essentially co- or rationalize it as a power boost. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I can't keep doing what I was doing 20 years ago. And this is the only way I can is to help. And so, it, but it makes sense that he would have created... You know, like safeguards against yeah. it, you know? Mm. So I thought that was approached really well, too. Um, I love that, yeah, he has that discussion with Reed about, like, 
you know, it's alive. And yeah. Pete's like, I know, man, I'm a doctor, <laughs> yeah. too. I'm a scientist, too. Trust me, I do everything I can to make sure it doesn't permanently bond to me. And versus, like, what, like, a younger Peter Parker would have done, which is, like, holy shit, this suit feels awesome. Look yeah. at all the cooler shit <laughs> yeah. I can do now. And it's more of, like, a shock than, like, a responsible choice of, like, I'm going to use this thing's shitty power to my advantage, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, th- exactly, things that were old old peter parker ideas that got like a little reimagined for this that i think are so dope you know Mm -hmm. and that's especially one of them is like his choices on why he uses the symbiote and i guess not how i guess how he got it is not so new so much as i like the way if anything the excuses that got made on why he did it you know (laughs) and the way it got approached um i love how they do or how chip does craven's last hunt in the 80s which is you know the way that the suit comes back for Pete and he becomes basically Venom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to go and fight um, fucking Kravenoff, it's it's so good. I know. Book. Honestly, that's such a sick moment where he breaks out of the grave and he's just exactly a giant buff version of himself and you're like, oh no, he's he's lost it. <laughs> Dude, when, when they're burying him and he's alive and screaming... That part got to me. I was like, oh, shit. Like, imagine being there. Imagine yeah. that being you. Kill Bill, bro. Just kind yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> you would die. You would die. <laughs> well, and that's the part that drives me the most nuts about that is that she's buried six feet deep. And then as soon as she finally breaks through the boards, just so much dirt piles into her face and stuff. And it's like, that's what would kill you. It's not even like the, I mean, you would either die from suffocation in the box, but even if you managed to break through the box, you'd be crushed by all the dirt that would then yeah. break through that wood and onto you. There's no way you'd be able to like swim, dig through, the swim through the dirt. That's fucking dog shit. I mean, it, that's what makes a movie neat. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about the nineties pretty much. Clone Did saga. Oh. Yeah. Is that the nineties? Yeah, it has to be true yeah old man doc ock and us finding out that mm-hmm. well like the, it's like the big flip-flop that we've yeah that we keep going back on forth and who's the clone you know yeah. <laughs> honestly by the end of it it's like who was the clone you know like i guess we're meant to believe peter lied to ben and gave him the reality but he even says like oh we both looked at that in research and it said for sure that you're the real me so it's like who the f- probably neither of them fucking know you well, know and he... none of them are the real peter parker so in the comic books yeah. they didn't know how they were going to end the clone saga so they did this switcheroo like three times yeah. where it's like oh i don't know who the clone is anymore but yeah P- uh, paul damien going to bring up the point that um norman osborne purposely sabotage the computer mm-hmm. to make it look like peter was the clone all <laughs> along and so yeah they both go on thinking that they're peter um i love the the reunite of uh osborne and, and pete at oh, the end yeah. of that issue where it's like you don't even know dude <laughs> harry's dead <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> as I'm saying, we get to see that heartbreaking moment, but it's like, is it truly heartbreaking for him that Harry's gone? True, is, yeah. You know, because he, he instantly turns around and gets all Green Goblin about it again. And it's like, is everything just a fucking game for this guy? I think he's a better Joker than the Joker in some ways because it's not it's not always such a like white face laughing it out facade. It's like he's such a little manipulator sometimes, yeah. and you never really know if it's Norman or if it's the Goblin or if they're really any truly different, different than yeah. each other. I'm sorry, but I gotta argue with you there. Well, the Joker's <laughs> I mean, all the thing. Nobody's but... a better Joker than the Joker. Yeah, it's because the Joker sucks. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, the <laughs> fucking the Midnight Toker is a better Joker. Dang, Dang he better got smoker. Me. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then the 2000s, we have Moreland, which is the other, and it kind of plays into, it kind of like negates 
Spider-Verse from ever happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, not in this universe. We kill Moreland here. We're not going to get Spider-Verse in the next 10 years. Um, I thought that that was a good way to cut that clean. I feel like as the issues go on, they get more and more like... Marvelous. Chip, well, no, Chip is like trying to trying his best to piece all of these huge ideas and make it real Spider-Man again. Because yeah. like at the end of the, the book, they literally go to space. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like not really a Spider-Man thing, but he's sure done it a lot. Yeah. That's <laughs> so true. And he even mentions that like Spider-Man says like, I've been in space plenty of times. This is Miles' first time. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> he didn't even ask if it was Miles' yeah, first one, time. And the one yeah. thing I really like where we're getting all the, is it Morlun? Is that how you say? It's Morlun. Morlun. Yeah. yeah. Is that really his kids are kind of the ones even dealing with that when we see it. And we're really getting to see like the Civil War oh, teams right. going yeah. on in that you know on the peter parker side of things so we get these quick little glimpses where it's the two different opposing sides which are dope you know yeah i love that they have like like she hulk has like gamora armor on or something <laughs> for, you know i don't know it just looks neat but then we get the opposite side with like cloak and dagger mm-hmm. and hawk you know old man hawkeye which looks super sick and old man and old man Luke Cage yeah, with his fucking beard but then we get another panel right after that where peter goes into parker industries and opens up his little secret base and we get to see like all the different costumes we've seen mm-hmm. throughout the last few issues and i thought that was like a really sick homage to, like that he has like his little spider base he has yeah. his little spider <laughs> yeah. cave you know uh-huh. For the first time, it dawned on me how inconvenient it is to keep your suit, your super suit, on a mannequin like that oh. whenever you're urgently trying to get, get it dressed. Off and, on. <laughs> and it and it made me think, like, holy shit, how come that never dawned on me before? Like, that must be such a hassle. I've never even it, thought of trying to like, pull it off the mannequin and shit. <laughs> yeah. I have to believe because yeah, it's like skin tight on yeah. the mannequin. It has to work like Iron Man suit or something. You push a button and it's just like to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe it's like pin particles, like where the mannequin just shrinks to like. Oh, nothing. No, see, that would be good. That'd yeah. be smart well, too. Maybe it's like Flash's suit where he, it comes out of a ring. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. I love that. But or it's, yeah. or it's like pin particles, and the suit gets gigantic. And <laughs> he, he just like, just like crawls <laughs> into it and then, <laughs> and then he shrinks onto it. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's, it's adjustable. Co- yeah. It's cozy in here. <laughs> What's like that? Where he pushes a button and it like. Is that Ant-Man? Yeah. Yeah, it is Ant-Man where he puts it on, it's like loose and he pushes a button oh, and like, it, like yeah, adjusts to his size. Yeah. I, I think, think that's, that's also uh, uh, Back to the Future 2. I think it's also Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. It's oh, really? It's also Tom Holland Spider-Man who also does it. He puts it on all loose and then pushes the button on his chest and like adjusts to his body. Remember? Dang. Interesting. I guess that's just the way they do it now. Yeah. It's those, it's those Back to the Future shoes. <laughs> they started it. It's the the sleeves too on the Back to the Future. Do you too. think Reed Richards oh, yeah. makes clothes like that? Uh, he must. Right. He, he has to. Reed Richards has to be dead at this point, right? They don't I say explicitly. So. They don't, yeah, they don't talk about him. But we have to believe. Yeah, that the older generation is kind of past. I was surprised to see Captain America still well, running around. Well, that's the thing. I oh, what were you gonna say? Well, at the at the, uh, issue number six of this comic. Um, Mm-hmm. Spider-Man kind of talks about how he's the only one hero left, left mm-hmm. of yeah. the old age and like he's the one ushering in these new kids. Yeah. So. I feel like as I feel like there's a good reason on why anyone could still be alive except yeah. for Hawkeye and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like as they all get older, I I would argue that Iron Man's maybe about 5 years older than Pete. Okay. Throughout the book. Yeah. That's how and, I felt. Yeah. And 
I feel like he's the one that goes through the most because he's mortal. You know, Spider-Man has radioactive, like, blood or whatever. Yeah. And so that probably keeps him kicking a little harder. Captain America, it's argued that he never really ages. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, well, same super shit. Super slowly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, She-Hulk, I feel like the Hulks probably, gamma radiation probably ha- helps them stay alive longer. Mm-hmm. There, There's the idea that Doom like is the reason why so many heroes fell by the sixth issue dr doom oh really yeah that's what is kind of yeah that is true he does say something they do talk about doom fucking shit up there's like a doom war and it's like it interrupts the civil war that's never going to end and so because two sides are so evenly broken he was able to just come in there and just knock them all out and so which is so dr doom yeah exactly (laughs) it's just crazy that it took him like fucking when heroes 60 years to do it you know (laughs) oh shit they're just they're just beating each other up i could beat them but i like (laughs) that quote though yeah when heroes fight each other the only person or the only one that wins is the villains and that's so Mm -hmm. accurate because exactly i just gave dr doom the The opportunity to do this but i mean dr doom he dabbles with a lot of magic so he can probably keep himself alive longer Mm. it would be argued that reed richards could do the same thing with stretching his body and like being able to stretch like sickness away mm-hmm. or something like that you know what i mean like yeah. there's always some sort of they they get around this shit all exactly. the time yeah. exactly so we have to believe that more than likely doom probably was a cause of death you know and for whatever most war. of these people yeah, yeah for a lot of these people what so. if spider-man beat doom and that's that's why he's he obviously survived it yeah. yeah i think that's probably what it came down to is that Spider-Man's the best of us and he was able to beat Doom. I also love the fact that... I love when Spider-Man was saying, like, all my old enemies are dead, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the Venom um, Craven Craven comes out and then then he defeats it and it's just bones. Yeah. And he's like, told you, all my enemies (laughs) are dead. So let's talk about the last issue. How did you feel about the superior Spider-Man switcheroo with Miles? I thought that was wild. I fucking yeah. love Chip Sadarsky so much for doing this shit that he's like, I'm going to do Superior Spider-Man, but not the way you think I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> and it makes so much sense. Like, we get the little bitty hints throughout it. And I kind of forgot that that happens. So, and literally until he called him Parker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot about it. And I remember because I had read it before, but I had literally for- completely forgotten about that big switch. And it's dope. And it looks fucking cool. They do yeah. such a good job making him look like a motherfucker. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Damien, are you a little out of the loop when it comes to Superior Spider-Man? Yes. Okay. okay so in, I think, 2010-ish. Uh, Who wrote that? That was Dan Slott. It's Dan Slott. Dude. Yeah. And so Dan Slott wrote it to where um, Otto was dying. Auto Octavius. Which we really get to see in this. He looks mm-hmm. very yeah. similar to how he does in Superior Spider-Man Spider-Man. at that time. Yeah. yeah, And so he's dying. And so he finally decides that his whole life was kind not worth bad. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He yeah. finally decides his li- whole life wasn't worth it. And he feels like he wants to, like, in quotes, repent for it. Yeah. And so he swaps his consciousness with Peter Parker. And Peter Parker goes into the old man body and dies. And Otto goes into Peter Parker's head, and he's like, don't worry, Pete. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it better than he's you. He's like, I'm going to be a good Spider-Man. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> this is literally what he basically tells him. He's like, I will be a good <laughs> Spider-Man. Not only good, a great one. You know? But then I guess the way Dan Slott kind of reverts the, everything is much like a like a hard drive on a computer. The remnants of the data isn't always totally erased. And mm-hmm. so Spider-Man's will is still in the back of the head 
beating his way forward to the point where they have to have a mind battle yeah much like in this fucking book oh that's so true yeah <laughs> for and, his body basically yeah. and it, it's funny because i think um spider-man even mentions that they've battled in their mind before really yeah in the comic i'm pretty sure he says something about it like being on the mindscape again yeah and being like back that. in this zone of we yeah, have fighting um how do you guys feel about may being the catalyst of stopping Otto. i thought it was it was simple and clever at the and same clean time. Yeah. yeah yeah i think love funny enough is a big moral point of this story because mm. we you know we see mm. it with the whole issues with gwen stacy and the the, the terribleness that love can bring and the mm. positive of you know nevis then we see the love between mj and the conflicts it can create in life and marriage and having a old lady going, you know, a, a mother figure who's going crazy and then all the way to the end, you know, exactly yeah. where we see, you know, just, yeah, how far love can go. And I think that's something that Chip Zdarsky is really good at writing is like the way people can be affectionate to each other and how far caring for someone can really drive you, you know, naturally, you know, a lot of his stories don't feel, I mean, they're, they're, uh, you know, they don't feel so cheesy, you know what I mean? They are kind of cheesy, but they don't feel cheesy when you're reading them. They feel like these are genuinely what these people would do or say mm. and act with each other, yeah. you know? And that's what I think is the diamond when it comes to his fucking writing is it just feels so fucking real. Mm-hmm. When you're writing a fucking <laughs> Spider-Man comic in space, yeah. fighting, yeah, fighting Bones, Craven, you know, Venom. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to find a good way to have yeah, Venom, Craven, uh, Bones. Uh, Cra- Venom. Crave Cravones. I'm just kidding. Cravenum? <laughs> Cravones sounds mm-hmm. like a gelatin. Like, like a bad cereal. <laughs> that sounds like a bad gelatin. <laughs> um, I wanted to say uh Chip does a great job writing a young, frustrated Pete mm-hmm. in the first couple of books. Because there's the whole thing with the clone Gwen and him automatically just being a whole sourpuss about it and being like, what am I left with? You know, because Harry gets to go away. MJ gets, you know, half of his millions. Gwen, the clones get to go off and be on their own. And then he's left alone. And it's it, it would be easy to argue that, well, if you love the person, you would still love them because that is them, essentially. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? You've been with them for Ex- for some unknown time and it, you were just fine. Exactly. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you guys, if you were in this situation, it, obviously this would be devastating, but you wouldn't let her go away, right? <laughs> like the clone? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That would be tough. <laughs> she's she's not you. Well, she's not your Gwen, though. You know what I mean? Like she, but in in, in the end, everything that she knows is that's so true. In the end, it, it just wouldn't be up to me. I'm not that type of person. You know what I mean? You would let them decide. I would let her decide because it ultimately I can't control her. You know what I mean? I think I would fight for her. I think. Well, I, would, I mean, I would definitely fight for her, but I would let her in the end decide right. what she wants. No, to do, for of sure. Course. Yeah, it's just oh god, it that twist. I feel like is the fucking hardest wrench that is in this book for me can you imagine if pete was just all nah pete that's my gwen yeah <laughs> i'm the pete you're and the you're rest, ben now <laughs> the rest of this was just them fighting over gwen stacy yeah. <laughs> loki that's not a bad Clone book <laughs> and she's just all where's crevenum <laughs> draw it like draw it like archie and she's archie and then yeah. they're <laughs> they're veronica and betty yeah <laughs> god damn it oh <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Chip's King, man. Yeah, he writes a great book. I know you're really excited to read Daredevil yes. by him at some point pretty soon, which I am super down for. Are we doing a Daredevil book soon? We're gonna do probably what? Chip's Daredevil in December. Yeah, yeah. oh, we're excited for. 
So because I mean that's basically the best and writing the best. So yeah. I'm super pumped for that. Um, uh, this book ends with the dream, yes. and it's uh you know Peter telling his dream to MJ, and she's like, "Pete, dreams are boring. You got to stop." Yeah, and she thinks he's just beating himself up again, and he's like, "I promise, I'm not beating myself up again this time." And we finally get to see the end of the dream, and he says, "This time it's a good dream." That part brings me to tears every fucking time. Really? Yes, because it's just it's the perfect encapsulation of like Pete, not yeah. Spider Man, but Peter, because his memory of uh, May even says it in in the time in the mindscape, yeah, which is like. You've always wanted to save Ben. Now you have to save everyone. You can't save him. Now you have to save everyone. And and we have to let the pulse or whatever the fucking dumb spaceship shit was. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's perfect. It's a perfect ending for such a wild book. Yeah. And it's it's like giving the character kind of what he deserves in the end, which is what he always wanted to save his uncle. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, what is what is heaven? But the thing you always wanted in life, right? Yeah. yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> deep thought, boys. <laughs> what is... Hashtag deep. Now, now that we're at the end of the book, what is hashtag deep? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that we're at the end of the book, out of all characters, out of all pop culture, who would you guys want to write a life story about? Where we get however many issues of decades that they've been alive, mm. who would you guys write? Do you guys have any ideas? Oh, gosh. This is a tough one. Because I guess, what, Flash came out in the 30s? Yeah. That one would be fucking hard. (laughs) Yeah, that would be hard. The thing is, is I think, it's like I almost wish they would have let Chip do what he wanted with it in the sense that, can you imagine, like, the Avengers life story or where we would have gotten... All of them? All of them more and more into it, probably been, like, the big three. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like Iron Man, Hulk, and... I would have said Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Thor. Or oh, not Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, okay, and Thor. and Thor. The that big, makes sense. That's my big three. They're, I would want to see Daredevil. Daredevil would be someone I think this ideology could be done really well for. In yeah. the sense of seeing him through the years. Because the thing is, is, it's just it. You need him to have that level of human that they're actually going to be affected by the passing of time. Like Thor, it'd be kind of pointless because 10 years of our time to Thor, it would have to be like 10,000 years yeah. between <laughs> each issue of Thor, you know? That's um, true. Well, in order for it to be relevant. I'm more of a DC guy. And yeah. f- this question comes really, like, it's really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Because you're constantly reminded of their past and their whole fucking life on every comic that you read of, like, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Right. I think like, Shabam would be cool. always <laughs> talking about their past. That would be actually really good. To get to see adult Shabam, you know? Yeah. Like, Probably I mean, that's the best one. Because then, everybody knows Billy Batson as the child yeah. already. And to see him grow up... And every time he says Shazam, he's still the same fucking person. It'd be funny if that once he became an adult, when he shabammed, he became a kid. (laughs) (laughs) It It was like reverse. Like like Benjamin Button, yeah. yeah. It would be interesting to see him... like real quick in the end real quick so benjamin button <laughs> i tried to show benjamin i was trying to do the shabam thing okay go ahead no, just real quick. I was just saying, thing? it would be interesting to see him like actually get corrupted over the years and eventually oh. kind of give into the power the way black adam does yeah and then it's just like i'm never turning back and then you know eventually he accidentally says shazam like in his fucking sleep and turns the dust or something oh because he would be he would have been 
his mortal self would have been older than long and dead. Yeah, yes. that makes sense. That's, that's what happens to Black Adam in oh. like several different comics. That happens to him. He that's, accidentally says Shazam. Well, no, they get him Shazam. to say Shazam. You know, when, or, like, take while it out of him. Way old. So, like say yeah. it. Say it. Say it. He's like, no. He's like, I won't say it. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's a good idea. Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they're currently doing Fantastic Four Life Story. And it's oh, not ooh. it's not Chip. I don't remember who it is. Anyway, so they're doing the Life Story uh-huh. Fantastic Four right now. But it's not interconnected with the Life Story that uh Chip, Chip did. had already they're, done was they're just different. They're things. completely different things. Mm. We, do you think that we should have seen more characters from Chip's version get their version in that universe, or do you think every time there's a life story, it has to be new, different universe, different story? Because that's just, just it gives them the ability to be like, you know, okay, what would Reed have Reed yeah. and Johnny have done if you know in Vietnam in those situations, and it be able to defer differently than obviously the events that happen. In these stories you know they wouldn't have to stick with the civil war going mm-hmm. on in america and things like that they can make it something even more crazy or more relevant to the fantastic four like yeah. galactus showing up in the 70s or something yeah you know? for sure right. yeah no right. for sure right. 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 i can't believe you've done this i'm still trying to think of like i'm trying to think of non uh, comic books yeah more, like non-marvel and dc characters i would have kind of liked to see yeah. who yeah. is still in the mythos like i guess popeye yeah, Popeye like, life story. Like Hell, Hellboy doesn't age like that. You know what no, I mean? No, true. So, yeah. So it's like there's so many and characters that don't age, and that's kind of the problem. You know? So like Hellboy life story is pretty much already just Hellboy. Hellboy, yeah, yeah so true. <laughs> Same with like Saga. You know? Yeah. We're just seeing their life story, and it jumps years. You know? So it's already kind of working out in that way. The thing is that I, it, it's not a life story. Isn't like a something I feel like you can do with every comic book character. That's I true. Think, I think Spider-Man, especially Peter Parker, is like the perfect character to Absolutely. do it with. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially because everybody knows Peter Parker as a teenage Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. So I think there's certain characters you could do something like this with, but once again, in like grandiose amounts of time, like yeah. Thor or Logan or, you know, the characters oh, yeah. like that. Wolverine where you could do cool. like hundred, you know, it's like Wolverine life story and it's a hundred years every time it skips and we get 500 years of Wolverine <laughs> and they just like really fuck around. You know, it start. he's born in like the <clears throat> 1500s or something and it leads up to the two. He's always born like a samurai. How you would know? you, oh my God, <laughs> that would be so difficult to write. <laughs> like I think, going that far back. Mm-hmm. I think, isn't he born in the? No, he's born in the 1800s. What, what I, what I think right. would be good to do would be, I mean, if they were to literally do that is, is just find a really relevant time period or piece in each hundred century and like have him just travel there. So he'd be all over the world in right. each issue, you know, and it's just like now he's in, you know, Russia during, you know, I don't know, Anastasia's time. That's the 1900s. But either way, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I think Wolverine is a I'm not a historian, idea. but I think that would be cool once again, like in a big scale like that, you know, Thor. Yeah. Once again, like thousands of year gaps and they can just really play with like him at the beginning of time all the way up into old you know king thor which i feel like they've kind of already done they should do that with galactus can you imagine they gave galactus almost kind of like what they tried to give immortus uh, or you know like the kang story where it's like he started off as just like a guy and then over like and is that real yeah i didn't know that i thought he was just born a celestial no, he so he was in a space pod at the end of the previous universe. Oh, 
And when the Big Bang, when the universe ended and the Big Bang happened, he was birthed in that pod and he became Galactus. Oh, that's crazy. See, I literally thought Galactus was a celestial, was like, I don't know, just a celestial going around fucking around, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say the king of them, but like, you know, like just Where one all powerful. I saw something recently. Um, that's hilarious. About <laughs> uh, King the Conqueror um, killing Thanos. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, too. interesting. Yeah, I think I saw it on TikTok. It was all about him like aging him forward. Yeah, like, oh. like twenty lifetimes or something. You know what I mean? Or like a thousand lifetimes. Yeah. So he just turns to bones. You yeah. know, in his hand. And before that, Thanos tells him like, "I'm gonna turn your head. I'm gonna keep your skull as like a prize." There's a lot of that and kind of stuff coming out where it's like, "King does it too." Look how tough King is. You yeah. know, because there was like an animated movie I saw scene from where it's just like him kicking everybody's ass. For a it minute. was probably uh, Avengers Assemble. That makes sense because it was literally like Hulk and Thor and all of them, and he was just like Dude, throwing them around. That show is such an easy way to in like that show is a lot like Life Story, oh. where it just easily tells you all of these huge like events in Marvel history while also doing modern events. Like they'll do like the Kree Scroll War, uh-huh. and then they'll do like fucking civil war and then they'll do like secret invasion and it's like those happen like fucking 40 years apart but they're happening like three episodes <laughs> back back yeah here and so it's just i i love that show because it does such a what's it on disney oh. disney plus oh okay avengers symbol obviously yeah. yeah but no i mean it's actually no it's not avengers symbol god damn it it's avengers earth mightiest heroes there you go earth's mightiest heroes hearths hearths pieties <laughs> what if come out Huh? When does What If come out? Uh, the next month. September. August. Okay, I'm excited for that. It comes out in August. Okay, I'll trust you. Yeah, it, that's literally all it says is just August. Oh, okay. It it's doesn't just, say a date. What's oh. going on right now even then? What's after Loki? What show are they starting now? It's obviously not a it's gonna Marvel. Be it'd be Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye. Oh, no, I'm saying what... Because, you know, they did like Bad Batch, which uh, is the Star Wars series. Like, they did Mandalorian, and then they did winter falcon and soldier and then yeah. now they're obviously going to have something running in between what if that's literally what i was trying to contemplate yeah, i don't what show they have running in between no these two i'm so far removed from the star wars stuff man dude it's it's a bad batch of stuff that's why <laughs> honestly <laughs> true um i saw okay. like a bit a life-size ahsoka ton and it was what's her face and it was the it just looked Rosario Dawson. Yeah, it was Rosario Dawson, and they there was like a life size cutout of her, like in FYE at Ingram Park Mall, and I was like, this is the fucking weirdest. Lit. There's still FYEs, dude. FYE, right? It's no longer DVDs and stuff. It's just like another nerd store where it's like pops and Marvel. The thing was, they had an entire wall of like Japanese snacks, so it was like different, like fancy ramens and like all that, and like mochi and you know all that kind of crap, you know, the pokey sticks and all that. Yeah. It was just an entire wall of that. There's just sticks of Pokemon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to look up the books that we're doing next week. Next week, the boys will be covering a couple of books. The first book will be Doctor Strange, Colin Loti, Colin Sorcerer Supreme by Donnie Cates and Gabriel Hernandez Walton. The second book is the first 12 issues of Loti, Agent of Asgard by Al Ewing and Lee Garment. And so we'll talk about those two and then how we felt about the first season. We'll see the first season yeah. of Loki. <laughs> spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but yeah, we'll finally be talking about Loki. So you'll get to hear all about that in six weeks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. You're talking about from like when it, we're when recording. We're recording this, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
thank you guys so much for listening. Follow yeah. us on Instagram. Uh, hit us up if you got any cool ideas for us to cover. Uh, our DMs are open. Mm. I'm glad we finally uh, talked about a Spider-Man yes, for y'all. Finally. As we promised. So. Well, Loki is next week. We will uh, see you then. We will see you on another time. Bye, Bye guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.